Hello, I'm Amy. And I'm Brandon. And you're listening to the The Ears and Beers Beers Podcast. Podcast. Come on in and grab a beer. Put on your mini ears and let's Let's talk talk Disney. Disney. Hello and welcome back. (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Do our podcast. Today we're talking about Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> Amy is currently in a laughing fit. I decided to do this impromptu. <laughs> it was not a good surprise. <laughs> so, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Tell me a little bit about your fandom when it comes to Star Wars. So, um, our house is kind of divided. I don't dislike Star Wars, but I'm a new fan. Um, and I mean, new as in like the time I've liked Star Wars in relative my life and then also i don't really like the original trilogy as much and i know i'm gonna get like you know (laughs) but um i really like the newer um newer stuff because i I don't know the new storytelling um pacing i don't know just feels like it's something that can hold my interest a little bit better and um i just really appreciate poe dameron and all that he does for the galactic universe because he is he's real cute okay well anyway uh (laughs) You know who else is cute? My fiance, Darth Vader. Anyway, uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm very excited about it. I have been a Star Wars fan for a long time since I was a wee lad, a Padawan learner, a youngling, rest in peace. And uh, I'm very excited for for Galaxy's Edge. I am going to fangirl like you wouldn't believe when I walk through that gate. Oh, I'm like I'm kind of glad I won't be with you because I would be embarrassed to be with you. Well, you know what? I mean, I love you so much. <laughs> hey, I love you, and those photo ops are gonna love me. Work your best angle. Because I'm gonna be hanging out, flipping angles, pulling that lightsaber out, and and just <laughs> it's gonna be a blast. I'm so excited. But this episode, as you guessed, is all about Galaxy's Edge. I've been very excited to record this episode. Let's get right into it after this brief interlude. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, guys. So the opening date for Disneyland is going to be May 31st, and they are doing a reservation system through June 23rd. Um, So you'll need a reservation to be able to get into the park. It's going to be a four-hour block throughout the day um, that you get to choose from. And uh, I believe uh, something I read online uh, on actual the news outlet in Los Angeles said that those are actually booked up. The only way now to get your four-hour block is if you reserve a Disneyland Resort hotel room because it has a um, complimentary designated reservation that comes with that to Galaxy's Edge. So that's a really interesting system. They're expecting massive crowd levels, probably the biggest crowd levels they've ever had. Um, And so that's why they're doing the reservation system. Now, Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge opens up on August the 29th. Um, And that's going to be, there's been no word of a reservation system. They're doing extra, extra magic hours in the mornings uh, for those. And that's going to be happening uh, for a while through November. So that's exciting. So we're, we're very close. When you're hearing this episode, the Disneyland Galaxy's Edge will be opening on opening day. We're so excited to see, um, especially how the crowd levels do at um, 
Star Wars Galaxy's Edge in um, L.A. because it's actually right off of their Frontierland in um, the Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. So, uh, you know, it's already a busy park. It's probably the most popular park. And then, you know, adding this high volume um, yield for Galaxy's Edge will be really interesting to see kind of what happens. They're also offer not offering fast passes for Smuggler's Run. And when Rise of the Resistance opens in Phase 2, they also have already said that they won't offer fast passes for that for the foreseeable future. So lines are probably going to be um, nightmarish. Do you think right. that's fair to say? Yeah, I think for that, that is definitely something you're really going to want to take advantage of with extra, extra magic hours. If they ever do an After Dark event, which I'm sure they will in the future, that's definitely something you want to take advantage of. Lines will be long. I mean, this is a huge attraction. Star Wars fandom is deep, and it is wide. Uh, you thought Flight of Passage was bad? Yeah, seriously, this is going to be long. And um, But like I said, I mean, there's so many ways to work around it. We're going to be going in October, um, so it'll be interesting. I'm going to be there for like several days in a row, like going to Galaxy's Edge solely. So I'll be able to kind of see throughout all hours of the day what it's like. And I'll make sure I kind of discuss that when I'm there um, and take a look at that. Um, so we're going to move in. So what we're going to be talking about this episode is uh, the interactive experience that you're going to have at Galaxy's Edge. We're going to be talking about, uh, Amy's going to be discussing food, specifically uh, drinks as well, so the things that you can eat and drink at the park. Um, I'm going to be discussing like Savi's workshop um, and a little bit of information we'll both be sharing about the Joy Depot um, and just some general slang and some good information to have. I'm really excited about the slang. Um, I'm, I'm always one to try and be hip like the young kids, you know. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and uh, discuss the slang, you 50-year-old woman. Oh, hush. All right. So um, we've heard from people like uh, Francis Dominic and Patrick Dougal that um, we there's going to be some slang introduced. And during the day, um, cast members may say to you, bright signs. Um, and so that's just like a way to say good day. And then at night there will say rising moon. So that's kind of like good evening. Now I've heard that, um, if you want to be even more casual, you can say sun's up during the day and that's like a, Hey, what's up kind of thing. So, you know, uh, engage your cast members. Hey, sup for sup fam for him. <laughs> um, yeah, make sure you try and stay in character if you can. Uh, the whole experience is these cast members are dressed like residents of Black Spire Outposts mm -hmm. on Batu, They are not dressed like traditional cast members. Uh, I don't even think they're wearing name tags. I think they are, but it may be say, it it's may like be. indoor and places like that. Yeah, yeah, it's probably a little bit different. Now, it, it is going to be very uh, immersive. So, cast members are going to be in character no matter what. I mean, in, in Olga's Cantina, they're not even... Ogus Cantina is not even going to have liquor available to see. It's all pre-mixed to add on to that experience. Right. So I think they like pull levers and pre-mixed drinks come out of them, kind of like, you know, like a margarita machine, but I'm not saying they're going to be that consistency. Um, some other things that they're really going to do not to break character or to break that experience of feeling like you are in Batu is um, we're not going to talk about money. Money is now credits. AP discounts is either referred to as a blue passport or credentials. So if you have that AP discount, you can still get your money, and please do, because, I mean, that's what we're all about here. You'll save a few credits. <laughs> You'll save a few credits with your credentials or your blue passport. Um, and as you leave, you say, to the spire. Um, and then things like even with the food and drink, and I'll talk about this a little bit more too, um, 
coffee is not coffee. Um, the way to order a regular coffee um, is black calf, C-A-F, which is actually really close to like uh, some uh, European languages coffee. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Yeah, so calf is coffee. Uh, so that's really cool that they're doing so much immersion in this park. And also what I've every the thing that I've heard every person say that went to this preview is you do not see Disney land at all. Right. Um we we've only had one heard one report of anybody um seeing anything and it was a smaller child who said that they could see the Matterhorn off in the distance. Of course, you know, Disney World doesn't have that to compete with because we don't have a Matterhorn and also um it's um at Hollywood Studios and not um our MK, but, um, you know, everybody else has said, you don't hear the music. You can see the fireworks, obviously when they're overhead, but Which is um, cool. they may cross program that differently at Walt Disney world mm-hmm. as well to where maybe there's, um, different timing or, um, a way to integrate it a little bit better, but the, you can't hear like parade music. You can't hear to, um, uh, fantasy land or, um, frontier land is what we've gotten reports of. So that's really exciting. They said you can just really kind of hear, um, like, uh, Overhead flights of um, jets and, and stuff. Yeah. Right. So I think that's going to be really cool. They also have a, a specific symphonic suite dedicated to Galaxy's Edge by uh, John and LSO. So the traditional Star Wars uh, symphony. Like OG stuff. Yeah. Right? So it's available on all major music platforms. I've already downloaded it on iTunes and I've already listened to it a million times. Does it get you hyped? It gets me hyped. I'm <laughs> so happy. So I love you. Th- that is <laughs> uh, that is the uh, the kind of intro to Galaxy's Edge information that we have as far as logistics and some cool slang. Um, also, there is going to be a lot of uh, Arabesh that's going to be at the parks, and that is the uh, the galactic language or common that you would see uh, in in the Star Wars universe. Um, but it's, it's easy and, and you can translate it, I believe through the Disney app, they're going to have a way that you can translate it. Um, as well as if you just want to be a complete nerd, like I am, you can download the alphabet image copy on your phone and just study it. He's Uh, already done that and he's already tried to decode stuff on people's YouTube videos. Yeah. I am studying it to become fluent in Arabesque by the time we go to Galaxy's Edge. So I am super lame, but the force is strong with me. Uh, so we're going to move into this next segment. We're going to have a little bit of an interlude and then we're going to go ahead and discuss some of the merchandise options. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. All right. Hey guys, welcome back. Now we're going to talk about merchandise coming up at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. And we're going to start off with Savi's workshop, which is definitely the thing I'm most excited about merchandise wise. It's going to be the drain of our honeymoon fund, for sure. <laughs> uh, so, Savi's Workshop is really, really cool. It's a concept. So, you're going to walk up, and it's actually a um, the, it's a shop that's going to look like a traditional cargo shop, but it's a front. Um, and it's actually, there's people that work there called gatherers, and they are people that have collected kyber crystals and old remnants from Jedi temples, Sith temples, etc., to help Force-sensitive people that find them create lightsabers so they can keep that tradition going hidden from the First Order. So that is the theme for Savi's Workshop. You're going to walk up. um, You will need to pay in advance. The price for this experience and the lightsaber is $200. A lot of people have been freaking out about that price. Um, But if you know anything about custom lightsabers, uh, 
made with good quality, that, I mean, that's a good deal. Because not only are you getting a custom lightsaber, but you're also getting um, the Kyber Crystal experience, the experience of building it, and you're getting a special edition Disney pin that goes with that. Um, so that price is really not bad. I mean, the pieces, the hilt, they're metal. Like, they're authentic metal pieces. Are some of them resin or? Uh, from what I've heard, I mean, if you get like some, and I'll go into this a little bit detail, like Rancor teeth, those are probably going to be the resin pieces, but, but the traditional hilts are all metal. I mean, I think that's really fair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Disney does offer lower cost options in um, Disney Springs where you can also build your own lightsaber um, that are going to be a little bit more plasticky. They're not going to be as um, uh, good on the, like the movie quality, but right. at the same time, there's still other options. And of course, you know, I mean, there's always Walmart too. Yeah. And I mean, no shame. Like, hey, you know, let your uh, lightsaber fly and don't have um, lightsaber envy. <laughs> Just be happy that you're there and experiencing it. Right. So. No, no budget shame there. I'm, I'm definitely going to be doing this. Um, so when you come in, you choose your Kyber Crystal. They have four options for Kyber Crystals. Um, and that is going to be green, blue, purple, or amethyst, and red. Uh, so those are the four options you'll choose from. Once you choose, they're going to put it into a holocron for you. And it's going to play a message from a legendary Star Wars figure. Um, that's going to give you inspiration uh, for for chasing this journey, for following the Force. Um, and then you choose a body style, and there's four options for that. Um, so you have Peace and Justice, which that's going to be like Republic-era Jedi Temple uh, design, stuff that they've taken from the Temple on Coruscant and other temples in the Outer System. Then you're going to have Power and Control, and that's going to be designs from the Sith Homeworld and Sith Temples. Uh, you have elemental nature, so that's going to have uh, stuff like brylark trees, cartesian whale bones, and rancor teeth, uh, and leather straps all put into that design. Then you're also going to have protection and defense, and this is ancient lightsaber hilt designs. Very reminiscent of the Old Republic, um, it's going to have that, that ancient force look to it. Alright, so we've talked kind of... Um at depth about the ones that we were really excited about. Um, I think you and I are probably the least excited about elemental nature. Um, just from an, the aesthetic of it is not really something that matches, um, our star Wars, I guess, aesthetic really. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not something I want. Now I have seen a lot of people that have at the preview event gotten elemental nature, uh, and they've loved it. I think that if you are really into that, I think it'll, it'll be it'll be really good. You can get one that has the end of the hilt is a rancor tooth, which you know, I mean, if you're all about that, that's awesome. Um, I've seen someone get protection and defense because they wanted an old Republic era looking saber, and they actually got a yellow kyber, kyber crystal as well. Yellow and white kyber crystals you can purchase. However, you cannot; they do not come with the Savi's workshop. Uh, you have to purchase them at uh, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities, which I'll speak on in a moment. But you can purchase those and exchange the Kyber Crystals. And they're only about $14 to get the new ones, which I think is really fair since they're interchangeable. So you ha- can have some flexibility more than you think that you might be able to otherwise. Yeah, and, and what I'm probably leaning on for from my experience, I'm going to go with the Peace and Justice style. Uh, the the more traditional Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan style lightsaber. Because you can customize. There, there's like some pieces have two options. Some have four options. There's total 
you can totally customize this however you want. And they'll just bring you a tray, and it'll be like the Peace and Justice tray, and you kind of just mm-hmm. assemble how you like it to look. And so, I mean, it really is endlessly customizable, like you said, as well. Now, the copper crystal is the, the real pull for me. I don't know how I'm leaning. Um, I'm either red uh-huh. or I'm going to be blue. So it's really a twist. I'm going to end up buying the white. Right. You know, uh, when I go to Doc Hondars. Yeah, the white looks really sharp. We've seen a couple of videos on YouTube where people have put in the white crystal, and I think it um, looks really great as a blade. It looks really clean. And I'm super lame when it comes to kyber crystals because, I mean, I know all about the background. So, like, the colors, like green, Jedi Consular, that's someone that is more into the, a Jedi that's more into the politics. They use the Force for healing and other uh, different things. You have blue, which is Jedi Guardian, and they're all about combat. They're trained in lightsaber combat and Force combat. Uh, purple is very rare. Uh, obviously in the movies you've seen Mace Windu with purple, um, and that, that is a very rare saber. I don't think that's the route I'm going to go at all. Red obviously represents the dark side of the force. It is, uh, when the Sith become enveloped with the dark side, their kyber crystal, uh, actually, you know, kind of gets enveloped in that dark side as well. And that's what emits the, the red. They are, um, non natural, Kyber crystals. The Sith have had to create these, and that's what gives them that red. Uh, white is actually uh, something that was expanded on. White is uh, when you, you know, cleanse a Kyber crystal from the dark side. Uh, it shows no allegiance to Jedi or Sith. You are almost gray, uh, kind of in between. Oh, so you're Switzerland. <laughs> so I really like that uh, that that white crystal. So I, I kind of think that's what I'm leaning what towards. Uh, yellow is for the Jedi Temple Guard. Oh, yeah. Um, they're trained, highly trained in lightsaber combat, mm-hmm. um, and they and they protect the Jedi Temple. So uh, that's traditionally what that is. And in the Old Republic, yellow was also uh, rampant. So that's really cool. Which one do you think I would be? Uh, I would probably lean towards green. I was thinking that. I would lean towards, you're definitely like the Jedi Consular. Um, <laughs> I did want to be an ambassador when I grew up. When I was uh, growing up, me and my buddies would meet up at our church in the morning. So we would have lightsabers with us while our moms meant to do mom stuff. And we would chase each other around the church, fighting each other with lightsabers and reenacting our favorite moments from the movies. Didn't you all, like, beat each other up, though? Like, oh, I mean, I had welts, and we all had bruises. And, I mean, it was like, intense lightsaber fighting. We all wanted to train to be the very best Jedi or Sith. Um, and so I was always blue because I was a Jedi guardian. I was lightsaber combat trained and that's kind of what I'm leaning towards. Hey, that's my kind of church. (laughs) Um, so that's Sabi's workshop. I'm not going to go into spoilers. I've heard a lot of information about the experience. I don't want to go into anything. Yeah. So I, you know, I've been to Ollivander's and it's an immersive experience. Obviously, you know, you pick the one, the one picks you, all that mambo jambo. But I feel like this is going to be even more immersive. It's going to be even more interactive. And I think that it's, um, it's already scheduled to be a lot longer of an experience. The Ollivander show is probably like 10 minutes, maybe. Okay, yeah. So this is, I've heard that it's, it's going to last a Up while. Upwards of 30 minutes, possibly. Yeah. So like, be sure to plan um, your fast passes when they're available accordingly. Um, and I don't think I'm going to get a lightsaber on this trip. I'm a lot more interested in um, droids. I love the BB-8. Um, uh, we can try and see if we can attach a picture of us with BB-8 sometime. Yeah. Um, just so you can kind of see my love for that little cutie patootie. Yeah, and one thing I want to touch on before we leave Savi's workshop is it does come with a carrying case. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, with a strap. So uh, when you leave um, with the custom line of lightsaber and the blade, it does come with a carrying case, no extra charge, so that you can carry it around the park with you. Um, I think that's really cool. Um, and also, um, you know, another thing is what I've heard is you can bring if you're coming in for the experience, you can bring a guest. If you want to have people take your pictures of you building the lightsaber and having the experience, you can bring a guest. I think that's a really cool touch. So I'll well, be your I'll be your uh, paparazzi, babe. <laughs> so we'll move on from Savi's workshop, um, and we're gonna go ahead and move into the Droid Depot. And Amy, I know you're all excited about this. Like so excited. This is your bread and butter. I'm gonna let you touch base on this. Uh. Okay, so um, you can choose between the BB series and the R series droids. I'm obviously going BB. Um, some of the like heads you can choose from are you know very traditional. Uh, some are going to be a little bit more like rectangular, and um, those kind of actually scare me. I don't know why. I'm kind of a wimp though. You'll find that out. Um, Oh gosh, I scrolled too far in my notes. Um, it's about $100 per droid plus tax. We've heard that they're um, roughly about 18 inches in height, which is, I mean, that's pretty substantial. We had um, a YouTuber kind of like mock that up for us. And I mean, I think for $100, that's that's absolutely fair. Um, they have different personality chips available for your droid. Um Examples include a resistance droid, first order droid, etc. And so they'll interact with characters and places uh, accordingly um, with that chip. So, you know, if you have a resistance one, it's obviously going to like chirp and be very excited when it's in the resistance portion of the uh, park. I've heard they I heard that they were and mm -hmm. they kind of like spin around and they get just like super hyped. And then when they're over um, kind of on the darker side, they maybe are like making nervous noise and or they can Twitter or if a stormtrooper yeah. passes. Yeah. So like, I mean, this again, it just is like super, super immersive and it's like these like next level details. You know, we thought Avatar and, um, Pandora was really like changing the world of um, theme parks, but like this, I mean, this just blew it out of the water completely. Um, they will interact in the Black Spire Outpost only, though. Um, and uh, they come with a remote control too, which is really nice. Um, and then you can purchase an optional backpack to carry your droid in and it has um it looks like it has like a, some clear patches so you can see it and it can visibly interact with the world without having to be held in hand so that's gonna be super helpful in those days that the park is packed um and you really don't want to have anything in your hand as you're bumping into people so maybe you have that in your backpack instead um they, they have all sorts of different colors i saw purple i've seen traditional red, whites red blue, blue orange. orange um i think I think if I were to build one, mine would probably be mostly really traditional white for a BB unit. Um, I'm pretty lame, although I do love purple. Uh, mm. It's my favorite color. Um, so that's something that's exciting, too. I just, again, like the way that everything is so customizable at the Droid Depot and Savvy's is just really incredible. Because, you know, with like the Banshees at Pandora, and I know this is such a terrible comparison, but it is the most recent addition um, to Walt Disney World. So I think that's a fair comparison. Um, you know, we thought that the Banshees were customizable, but this is this is incredibly different. Like you can pick the colors. You're not just adopting one that you see and like. It's you're actually tailoring this to you. And again, like the $100, I don't think is unfair. They're, they seem to be really 
um, smart technology. They seem to be very advanced. Um, a Banshee is $80. This is $100. I think that I'd obviously rather pay the extra 20 to have a droid that can really interact with its surroundings more than just like biting its jaw and <laughs> kind of like making noise every once in a while. And I think, too, about these droids, uh, there's more that you can buy in the Droid Depot other than just creating droids. They do sell, like, mechanic-style Droid Depot shirts. They do sell hats. So you can actually buy some really cool merchandise that's going to be there that's custom and and fitting for the Droid Depot. Um, so I think that's, that's a really cool add-on. Uh, the next marketplace I think we're going to talk about is Doc Ondar's Denim Antiquities. Um... And this is like where you get like that exotic merchandise. Uh, this is going to be um, where you can get full um, jewelry pieces from the movies. You can get uh, kyber crystals. You can get legacy lightsabers, which are based like full metal lightsabers based off of like, uh, you know, legendary people in the Star Wars universe, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, etc. So, that's really awesome. I think this is going to be a huge hit. Um, and it's, you know, he's in Doc Ondar is an antiquities dealer. Um, and you're going to have a difference of artifacts and stuff available to purchase as well. Um, is there something like, I know you can get jewelry. I'm sure you're probably stoked about that. Yeah. So, um, a little bit of personal note, Brandon and mine's first date was actually to go see solo. And I really enjoyed that again. Cause it's like the newer storytelling. So I was all about it. Um, also I love Donald Glover so much. <laughs> um, but, um, I just forgot her, the character's name, but, um, Han's ex-girlfriend kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, they have her necklace for sale and I always like remember watching the movie and being like, Oh my gosh, that's really pretty. I really would like to have that. And it's there and it's actually pretty affordable. I can't remember how much it is, but I, I know it's, um, pretty reasonable from what I've heard. Now they do have some items that re uh, exceed over $26,000. However, right. um, what was that again, Brandon? That was a, uh, Full and this is what I heard on a YouTube video. It is a full metal replica R2D2 that R2D2 that does move around, whir, beep, and does a bunch of other really cool effects. It's twenty six thousand dollars. Yeah, um, I think that we recently saw a video that said that the most expensive um, souvenir in all of Walt Disney World was a um, Swarovski crystal replica of Cinderella's castle that's $27,000. So this is a very close second to the most expensive thing that you can buy in Walt Disney World. Right, and it's, I mean, there's so much cool. You also get statues, busts of characters, costumes, um, and uh, that's really cool. Uh, and they have a fully animatronic um, Doc Ondar that's available uh, to to take pictures with, I guess, if you wanted to, or to just interact with. And you know, he's an uh, Ethiopian male, um, and and it's going to be really interactive. I mean, they've upped their animatronic level. I mean, insane amounts. Right. I mean, um, we've seen countless videos talking about um, just the next level animation that we're supposed to anticipate in Rise of the Resistance um, and the yeah. queue for that. And then again, um, when we talk about food and drink, we'll also talk about Oga's Canteen and uh, Cantina. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, they have DJ Rex there and he's uh, spinning all the beats that you would come to expect from a cantina in this universe. And um, I've heard that he's going to be a breakaway kind of animatronic star. And um, they have so much merch centered around him. It's kind of wild, <laughs> uh, like T-shirts and hats and all this kind of stuff. So um, you'll be hearing a ton about DJ Rex, I am certain. 
and uh, and that's that's really and there's also gonna be a lot of like little merchant stalls available. It's gonna be very very cool experience. So tons of stuff to spend money on. Get ready. If you want to buy a bunch of Galaxy's Edge merchandise, please make sure you bring all that money with you. If not, just come and enjoy the park. I mean, it's so immersive. And we'll talk more about immersion and everything and the little details later on. Coming up next, we're going to have uh, a quick word from our sponsor. Um, and then we are going to move right into food and beverages that you can get. And Amy's going to talk all about that. All about the foods. So thank you so much for listening again. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. See you guys. And to the spire. (laughs) (laughs) Floorbound Designs is your go-to for all Disney-themed headpieces. They specialize in floral crowns, wired, and traditional ears. You can check them out on Etsy. They also have a Facebook and Instagram. It's going to be perfect for your trips to Disney, family trips, or even solo trips. All the links will be in the show notes below. Check them out. And thank you so much, Floorbound, for sponsoring this podcast. Bright Suns, and welcome back to the podcast today about Galaxy's Edge. Right now, we're going to talk about food and drink at Galaxy's Edge, what to expect, prices, and Amy's got a ton of stuff she's hyped about. So here she is. Let's talk about some food and drinks. All right. Sun's up, guys. Welcome back. Um, I'm actually going to talk about food and drink and order of um, least hype for me to most hype for me. Um, and we have pricing on some things. We don't have pricing on everything quite yet. Um, you know, we're kind of recording this a little bit before the 31st, but when you're listening to it, it will be the 31st, you know, back to the future, I guess. Um, so maybe we can, um, update if we need to in our show notes, um, when we have some of the, the major pricing. So, um, the experience that I think a lot of people are really high, really, really psyched about, um, that I am actually not that psyched about is Ronto Roasters. What? You're not psyched about Ronto Roasters? I think my reasoning is a little more personal, but, um, I'm going to give a breakdown of what Ronto Roasters is, and then I'll explain my, um, reservations on that. Um, I think Brandon is about to, um, end our engagement over this. <laughs> no, listen, all I'm saying is they use a pod racing engine to grill exotic space meats. Yeah, um, words like exotic space meats make me nervous. <laughs> Gargantuan space slug. Yeah, that's... Wampa. Yeah, I'm not going to eat no wampas. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um, so, yeah, Ronto Roasters, like you said, it's it's based on a um, cooking on an old pod racer engine, which, I mean, like, that sounds real cool. Um, but then when you get to, like, the actual, like, menu, um, for people like me who have... Um, special dietary needs, uh, looking at the, the images of the, um, Ronto roasters menu and the Ronto wrap is, um, actually going to be really challenging. It, it seems like almost like a beefed up, pardon the pun, um, hot dog. And, um, for anybody with, with really trouble, um, and difficulty swallowing, this could actually be a death trap. Um, but they have flavors like grilled sausage, roasted pork. They're also going to do a um, turkey jerky and a, I don't know. How, how uh, gonna, Milo run. Milo run juice, which I don't know how you can have a. Oh, y'all, I'm, <laughs> I'm special. Um, I really didn't. I thought that was going to be a, um, a wrap with juice in it. But then I looked over <laughs> at the other side of the image and saw the pink juice that is there. <laughs> um, 
I, uh, I have a master's degree, but sometimes I'm not the most smartest person. <laughs> um, but I'm really excited, uh, to maybe try the juice. It looks uh, very refreshing and especially in that Orlando or LA sun, sometimes you definitely want to have, um, a little bit refreshing. Now, um, this and those bright suns, you would say, Oh my gosh, you get out, <laughs> get out. Um, but I, I really, I think the, um, the buns look good. They look like, um, kind of like pita bread, don't they? Yeah, it looks very reminiscent of a, of a toasted pita. Another cool thing about this, I know it is done on a pod racing engine, but they also have a droid that's turning a crank and it'll spin the meat, uh, beneath the, the slow roaster pod racing engine. Like Euro style? Uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. I mean, I'm so cool. That that interactive, just that piece of having that joy do, there doing that work. Uh, probably looking worn out, a little busted up. I mean, that's going to really add to that atmosphere a lot. Well, like I said, I think everybody else is super excited. I know you're really hyped about it. I know my bridesmaids are like, we got to go. And I'm just like the only person who's like, hey, this is actually going to be really problematic for some people and with disabilities. I mean, we can try it. I mean, I've got to like fork and knife that mess. Yeah, and... I mean, kind of like you did with Casey's. Yeah, and Casey's didn't go very well either. So I don't know. It's just one of those things that it's like, you know, I don't want like people with um, similar disabilities to be like, oh, we you know it's all about us because it's not because, I mean, we're not the majority by any stretch. But, you know, it is something that is just a little bit difficult for us to swallow, literally. So the next thing that we will talk about is the milk stand. Oh, yes. I'm pretty excited. I've heard um, a lot of people who are not excited about this. Um, I will say that, like, Brandon and I have um, been... I guess, plant-based eating at some points in our lives um, together, and we are not afraid of rice or coconut milk, but I do have a lot of friends and family here in Alabama who are like, if it's not from a cow, we're not going to touch it, and they're very concerned that those flavors are going to taint the experience, but Disney's being very very smart about this because coconut milk and rice milk are going to hold up so much better in the heat. Um, We don't want curdled milk blue oh, like no. can you imagine like it just would look disgusting and i mean nobody wants to get sick on their disney vacation trust me been there done that and it's incredibly inclusive not using dairy milk and that, that opens it up to everyone right that's something that i'll talk about throughout this um little segment as well is how inclusive and thoughtful that they really are in a lot of the um menus especially um with the um main quick service restaurant the Docking Base 7 Food and Cargo, they have a really extensive plant-based eating um, mm. menu, which I was really excited about as somebody who does eat plant-based off and on. Um, so the flavors for blue milk are going to be, again, the base is that coconut and rice milks um, with flavors of dragon fruit, pineapple, lime, and watermelon. Um, and then green is going to be, again, that base of coconut rice milks with flavors of mandarin orange, passion fruit, grapefruit, and orange blossom. I have to say I'm team blue milk all the way. I don't really care for citrus as much as other people. What are you thinking, babe? I'm team both milks. I think I'm doing a double fist, both of these throughout the park and just drain them. They're $8 a piece too. Which is more expensive than butterbeer. I've seen a lot of articles saying, oh my goodness, butterbeer is so expensive. People aren't going to pay the additional dollar difference between butterbeer and this. And, you know, butterbeer is a little bit more iconic maybe than blue milk ales. But the, uh, the true fans who know, know is what I'm saying, babe. Ooh. 
<laughs> well, I mean, blue milk, the first time we ever saw blue milk was episode four, New Hope. Luke's drinking it on uh, Tatooine. Not to mention the fact that we also see green milk in The Last Jedi when he straight up milks it <laughs> in front of Rey. I think these are both going to be, uh, I think these are both great ideas. It's going to be a very refreshing, cool beverage to have on a hot day. Uh, underneath those bright suns and i think that it's it's definitely something i'm going to try both of uh throughout the my experience there and like i think milk is going to be kind of like a misnomer i think a lot of people are going to be kind of confused by that consistency these are frozen they are going to be more milkshakey than anything else um i don't think they're going to be slushy they're going to be more of that milkshake consistency so um you know don't expect like um you know just sitting there sipping on your whole milk in the middle of a florida summer yeah and uh no i think disney uh they really capitalize on, on a great idea here with the with the milk all right so i'm also pretty excited about some popcorn popcorn is one of my favorite things um and so i'm really looking forward to um trying that out and i just lost my notes for and one other thing too while she's pulling that up uh at, at the milk stand and, and other like some of the other snack stands i guess that you're gonna have you can purchase they have custom to galaxy's edge dasani water bottles Coke and Diet Coke, I believe, and Sprite uh, that you can pick. Now, the Coke bottles are in the shape of uh, uh, thermal detonators, and they have uh, Arabesh-style uh, writing on them to represent Coca-Cola, so it's going to be very galactic-looking, very Star Wars-related. The Dasani water bottles, as well, are using that Arabesh font, um, and it's going to be very galactic. So that is a really cool... And the regular Coke prices, that's so important. These are perfect if you want to pick them up to collect them, or even just keep the bottles. The Dasani, I know, is $4.25. The Coke, I'm assuming, is going to be that traditional Disney Park Coke price. Right, and I think what's really interesting is, like, so you said that it's, like, the traditional, what's the language? Arabesh. The Arabesh, um, like, language characters, but it's actually still in that Dasani font. Like, so it has that Dasani touch, and it's, like, very noticeable in that same, like, branding, but it's got that, like, little bit of a nod to both the brand and uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is really, I mean, just, like, I think that's genius. Definitely Google those images. I think that uh, you, I mean, any Star Wars fan is going to notice those thermal detonators and just freak out like I did. <laughs> Max Glick nearly cried. He's a he's a YouTuber if you're not familiar with him, and he nearly cried over that Dasani <laughs> water bottle. Um, so we got Chatsaka's kettle, and that's where the popcorn is going to be. Um, and the popcorn is very colorful. I see. Um, Galactic. Is galactic. <laughs> um, it is uh, got some colors of reds, purples, and whites. So it's got kind of like a tricolor feel to it. And um, the outpost mix is, I think, their main thing that they're going to offer. Details here are still pretty um, open ended. And um, it's supposed to be a sweet, spicy, and salty treat. So it's going to have a lot of flavors packed into one. Um, I think that the spicy is going to be the thing that Brandon is going to be most excited to go for. Well, I have, well, a, I think they're, I think it's all, it's all intermixed. Well, I know, but I mean, like you can pick out the spicy. Oh, one. I'm eating it all. The spicy. I'm going to, yes. So ecstatic. Anybody that knows me knows I'm obsessed with all spice. I have to like eat them according to color. Like I do that with my Skittles. I 
<laughs> my Skittles according I'm to color. I'm surprised. Um, just some mild issues with that. <laughs> All right. So we're excited about to learn more about the kettle um, and some more about the popcorn. Popcorn is just such an iconic Disney food, and I'm really excited to see this Galaxy's Edge and spin. And on popcorn, they're going to have custom uh, popcorn, like, buckets. Is that what they call it in Disney? Yeah, the buckets are, like, I mean, they're a huge collector's item everywhere in the park, so this will be even extra special. Yeah, this one's a droid. Is what I've heard. It is a is a droid popcorn bucket. I'm not sure what kind of droid it is. You may be able to find more information online as as we come to opening. Uh, but it is a collectible popcorn bucket for this, and that, that's definitely something I'm leaning towards picking up just to have. Well, and I mean, it's such a good deal to get a bucket too because refills are heavily discounted. So if you plan on eating a lot of popcorn, which is a good you know relatively healthy snack in the park, mix. it's definitely worth picking up. Um, so Oga's Cantina, um, this is the one where we do really have a really strong idea of pricing for, um, the, their menu. Um, we actually have seen, uh, the information that we have is based on a eBay listing where somebody went early and they smuggled out, uh, (laughs) thanks babe, um, a menu and four coasters. And it is currently listed for a hundred dollars for five pieces of paper. But we have these uh, the prices for the menu, and so there's a strong listing of alcoholic drinks and non-alcoholic drinks in the lounge. So um, the most expensive drink on the menu is actually going to be $42, and that's the Yub Nub. And the Yub Nub comes in a souvenir indoor mug, so at least you're getting a nice souvenir at the end. And... Um, this is made with Malibu spiced rum, Sailor Jerry spiced rum, citrus juices, and passion fruit. That sounds like not my ideal drink, um, but it does sound like that is going to be a really cool way to get that indoor souvenir mug. Um, I've heard it's kind of like slightly Trader Samsy, so it's got like a little bit of tiki flair to it, but like with a lot of indoor vibes. And I think too, like, I mean, if you really break this price down, like, for example, like some of the other prices that you'll find in Disney for drinks that have a specifically good rum, like, you know, Sailor Jerry, you also have Malibu, stuff like this, you're looking at about $7, 15 to $18 range just for the drink. So if you remove that, you're looking at $25 for a souvenir indoor mug that comes with a beverage in it for $42. You're really not spending that much money you're really spending just $25 for the souvenir mug and you're also getting that alcoholic beverage for an additional $17 right so um youtuber max glick has reported that there is actually actually a two drink maximum at this time um we're not sure if that's going to last past previews or not um just to keep people um rotating through quickly so um every um visitor is allowed two drinks in the canteen and after which they must, um, you know, vacate the premises. And um, the the setup is going to be there's like a main central bar. There's some lounges and booths around that. Um, so seating is not um, at a real premium. Um, but like I said, that there's going to be some enforced um, maximums at this time. So the drink I'm most excited about, I think, is the Bispin Fizz, which is seventeen dollars. It comes with Bacardi Superior oh, Rum. Thanks, babe. Um, the yuzu puree, pomegranate juice, white cranberry juice, and a cloud swirl. I'm excited to see what that cloud swirl is. Yeah, I think, uh, man, there's so many cool. I think mine's probably uh, the Dagobah Slug Slinger. 
<laughs> uh, it's got uh, Herodura Reposada Tequila. I cannot speak. Um, it's got some uh, citrus juices, ginger, herbs, and bitters as well. He didn't want to read Blue Caraca. <laughs> <laughs> I was not about to try that one, but uh, I like the name. Dagobah Slug Slinger. I mean, come on. Yeah. And um, we've heard that the jet juice is really good. It's got bourbon and um, chili liqueur, um, some acai liqueur, white grape juice, and lemon juice. And I'm a huge white grape juice fan. I'm very basic for that. Um, But I've heard it's got a really nice bite to it. So if you like that spicy bite as well. Now, I actually am really leaning towards getting a non-alcoholic drink. I, um, not having a stomach don't absorb alcohol well so I would make a fool of myself and I don't really want to do that on my wedding trip so I am really leaning towards the cliff dweller which is $32 and it's a non-alcoholic beverage with citrus juices coconut hibiscus grenadine seagrams and it's served in a souvenir porg mug and as I've mentioned repeatedly throughout this podcast I am a porg aficionado and so that mug means more to me than the indoor mug would I think Um, and then you know they also do have a blue bantha milk and cookies so that's blue milk that is chilled with um, and uh sugar cookie as well so I think that's like a really great cook uh, touch for the kiddos in the future Um, they also have some Powerade freezes they have some simply orange based drinks and just some other basic stuff Um, Odwalla pomegranate and habanero lime drinks and I'm gonna go ahead and name some of these uh, drinks off the menu just so you can get a taste of these really clever uh, clever drink names that they came in, came up with for Ogus Cantina. So alcoholic, we, like we said, we have the Yub Nub, we have the Jedi Mind Trick, we have the Fuzzy Tauntaun, which is so cute. We have the Bestman Fizz, the Outer Rim, the Dagobah Slug Slinger, Jet Juice, and the T16 Skyhopper. Non-alcoholic, we're going to have the Cliff Dweller. Which, because a pork is a Cliff Dweller. Yep, and we have the Blue Bantha Milk and Cookies, Carbon Freeze, Jabba Juice, Hyperdrive, Punch It, and the Blurg Fire. The Punch It was in parentheses. Yes, Punch It. So, <laughs> uh, so these drinks look really great. Uh, it makes me really just want to punch it and twist. <laughs> He had to work that in there somehow. All right. And then so there's also some beer, wine, and cider on tap. They have a Rancor beer flight, which is $75, which is a flight of all four beers and a souvenir stand with Rancor teeth glasses. So I'm sure that's going to be that resin Rancor teeth kind of feel. Um, There is a bad bad motivator IPA, a white wampa ale, a gold squadron lager. Oh, that's a really good name. And then Gamoran Ale. There is a Tonneray, which is the wine on tap. And Imperial Guard, which is another wine on tap. And then a Spice Runner Cider. I may actually be tempted by a cider, honestly. I'm a big cider drinker and think that would be really great. Um, And then Oga's Obsession has its own little thing. It's a mix of... Um, Odwalla lemonade, cotton candy flavor, and blueberry popping pearls with a bursting dried fruit mixture, and it'll be seven fifty. Um, that sounds kind of like um, 
what like the night blossom at Pongu Pongu with those little bursting right. curls. Maybe we'll see how that ends up shaking out. And then there's also Bantu Bites, which is going to be a snack, um, which is like kind of like cantina munchies, you know, standard bar snacks maybe. That's going to be about $8 as well. So um, we'll keep you updated on that um, eBay listing of that $100 menu and coasters and see if anybody actually bids $100 for that mess. But uh, hey, I mean, it's eBay. We've seen a lot worse happen, right? <laughs> and that was a long, a lot of information, I know, especially about drinks. But uh, we encourage you to just follow up with research on online. Um, it, it's, it's really cool. Um, and also, you, there are going to be coasters. Uh, I know a lot of people have been taking them home with them. So that's a really cool touch, too, as well. Uh, but let's continue on with some food. All right, so this is the um, listing that I'm probably the most excited about, and that's going to be Docking Bay 7 Food and Cargo. That's going to be the main quick service for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and they are going to offer breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So they have got you covered for your day. So you got that bright sun's morning, and then you're going to have that rising moon's dinner. (laughs) I am too into this lingo. Um, So just to cover a little bit of what that breakfast is going to look like, they have a rising moon's overnight oats with oats, dragon fruit, yogurt, and seasonal fruit. They're also going to have a Bright Suns Morning, which is a three-cheese egg bite. I'm hoping that the egg bites are going to be like the sous vide egg bites at Starbucks that are so famous and everybody's obsessed with. Um, that's also going to come with port sauce, pork sausage, purple potato hash, and a mini um, Mustafarian roll. And then the Mustafarian lava roll is um, a sweet galactic delight. <laughs> that's all they have to offer us flavor-wise right now. And then there's also going to be um, some youngling breakfasts for kids. They have a Disney check meal. Rest in peace, the younglings. Oh, R.I.P. And that's going to come with scrambled eggs, those potatoes, fresh fruit. And then that's going to come with a side of milk or Dasani. And it meets all the nutritional guidelines. Um, so that's always, you know, a nice option. They don't have any of the, the kids' non-check meals, you know, the, like, Hey, I don't care. My kid's on vacation kind of meals. And then they also have three specialty beverages as well. They have Moof Juice, which is um, Simply Fruit Punch with Simply Orange, Pineapple, and a Chipotle Pineapple Sauce. And then they have a Fatro, which is Gold Peak Unsweetened Tea with Odwalla Lemonade and Desert Pear. And then they have, this is my favorite. I love puns. Like, I love puns so much. And they have a... Batu Bucha tea, which is a kombucha that is um, pineapple and passion fruit flavored as well. So uh, gotta love the puns. And then they're also going to be endlessly allergy friendly as Disney is. So they have a really extensive allergy friendly meal for those main allergies, which are, you know, typically milk, soy, peanut, and similar. Now at lunch, they have one specialty lunch option that is actually a plant-based option as well that's the Felucian garden spread and that's a plant-based kefka which is you know that like really great meatball um from the persian cultures um with an herb hummus and tomato cucumber relish and pita uh, we've seen pictures of this and it looks pretty delightful i definitely intend to try it and then they also have um ribs and then they have a fried chicken with potato mash called the um, fried Andorian tip yip. Awesome. They also have made the roasted Andorian tip yip into a salad. So that's a marinated chicken with greens, um, vegetables, quinoa, pumpkin seeds, and a curry ranch. Um, and then they also are going to have a noodle salad. It's a yob shrimp noodle salad uh, with chilled shrimp, marinated noodles, vegetables, and cilantro. That sounds like an Amy meal if I've ever heard one. 
And then um, they also are going to have check meals for the kids, too. And that's that noodle salad, again, at a child size with um, the milk or water. And um, they, they also have a taste of um, taco donna. And that's going to have a black bean hummus, edible soil with nuts, a chilled dipping vegetables, multigrain crisps, and that milk or water option as well. Um, and then they do have the fried Andorian tip yip. Um, in the regular kids' meals with that cr crispy chicken, mac and cheese, seasonal vegetables, and the milk and water option as well. So they do have a lot of child's options. I think I honestly am really looking forward to getting the Yub Shrimp noodle salad in the kids' um, size just because I know that I probably wouldn't be able to finish a full entree by myself. And then for dessert, they offer two options. They have the Oi Oi Puff, which is a raspberry cream puff with a passion fruit mousse. I don't really like that much um, fruit flavoring, but I know a lot of people are going to be excited about that. I am excited about the Batu Bon, which is a chocolate cake with a white chocolate mousse and coffee custard because I am trash for all things chocolate. Um, Brandon, what do you think sounds really good for lunch there? What are you leaning towards? Honestly, I think I'm going to end up going with, uh, I do like the, um, I do like the Yob Shrimp noodle salad, kind of what you're talking about. Um, I also like, uh, the tip yip. Um, I might go with that route, like the fried and Dorian tip yip. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, there, there's so many good options that I think that's probably what I'm going to lean towards. Honestly, knowing me is going to be that tip yip. I mean, it's crispy chicken, potato mash. But it's all Star Wars themed. Right. And then they have two specialty dinner entrees as well. I like that they have these kind of like um, broken out menus a little bit more. Uh, ABC Commissary does that sometimes. But this is really nice to kind of have different pools for people to come back and try different um, menu options later throughout the days as well. So um, something I'm really excited about for dinner is, again, another plant-based option. Um is the Ithorian Garden Loaf, which is a plant-based meatloaf with roasted vegetable potato mashed season, seasoned vegetables with a mushroom sauce. We are actually, it's meatloaf night in our house tonight, so we're big meatloaf people, but it'll be um, good, again, to see that inclusivity of people who um, can't eat meat or choose not to eat meat as well. Um, conversely, what I'm very excited about is a braised uh, shack roast, which is a beef pot roast with pasta, kale, and mushrooms. And those are the only dinner-only entree options. And then again, you have those all-day entrees with um, the ribs, the tip-yips, and the noodle salads as well. So like I said, there's there's plenty of options here. Um, it's really exciting to kind of see how all of these are going to, um, you know, kind of shake out. And um, the... Um, the, the kids' menu options are pretty similar to, to the lunch here as well. So, I mean, it, this is actually really great because um, it, it's kind of like Satouli Canteen where you're, you might be introducing your children or grandchildren to um, some new foods in kind of a low-risk way, you know, um, those smaller portion sizes aren't going to be as expensive as taking them to somewhere like Boma might be, but they're learning to try new foods. And, you know, with the atmosphere, it's probably not as intimidating for the kid to try something. They're going to be so hyped that they're going to want to eat like Luke and Leia or Ray and Poe. So it's it's just a good way to, to get the kids to try something new. So we're really excited to see that this is an adventurous menu and that it really kind of stays in theme as well. So that's kind of it from for food and drink. We're really excited to um, kind of eat and drink our way through.
um, over our honeymoon and wedding trip. And then in the subsequent months to follow, um, since we are APs, we try to go at least every two months. So, um, we're really going to report back on that as we get developments and see from our own experience. <laughs> yeah. So that, <clears throat> that's going to be super awesome. I, I can't wait to, to taste all that the galaxy has to offer Ed Batu and Black Spire Outpost. But so we're going to take a quick break. We're going to play this interlude really quickly, and then we will be right back to discuss immersion and some of the things that you'll see that are really cool at Black Spire Outposts. So once again, thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you, and we'll be right back. Sun's up. Rising Moon and welcome back. So now we are going to talk about immersion in the parks. So, uh, a little bit that we've learned recently with the reservation system that they're doing at Disneyland for our windows. You know, they're going to have to enforce making sure that people get out of their reservations on time. So that the, you know, park doesn't get overcrowded. How are they going to do this but keep it immersive? Answer is stormtroopers. First order stormtroopers will be escorting people out after the reservations and doing crowd control. I think that is a great idea. I think Disney really uh, is really capitalizing on every little thing that they're doing in this and making sure that the detail is there. So that's really awesome. Um, So that's one little tidbit. Stormtroopers will be escorting as well as just walking perimeters um, during the regular park times. Um, Another cool thing is... You can actually see Kylo Ren randomly throughout the park, especially near the First Order section, going in and out of his ship, because his ship is there. So I thought that was really awesome. So I'm going to tell on one of my bridesmaids for a second and say that she has a massive crush on Kylo Ren. So I have a feeling that um, when we go on Sunday morning of our wedding that we may be trying to um, find her a plus one for our wedding. (laughs) Uh, And and Kylo Ren will be there. Also, if you go uh, closer towards the Resistance side, there are X-Wings scattered, A-Wings are scattered throughout, um, and I think that's a really cool touch as well. But also, you'll randomly see Ray and Chewbacca walking around, and Chewie has actually been known uh, during the cast previews, especially, he's been spotted fixing up X-Wings, fixing up the Millennium Falcon underneath it, so you'll see him working and walking about. I think that is such a cool detail. Can you imagine the casting for that though? Like, excuse me, you know, you're you're, you're have to be this tall, you have to be this build, right? And then you have to also be willing to sit in the sun and pretend to fix an X-wing, you know. <laughs> uh, there's no pretending; he's fixing X-wings. That is Chewbacca, you know. Uh, oh, I just broke character magic. <laughs> uh, but but you know, also want to give a huge shout out and a thank you and a rest in peace to Peter Mayhew, who did play Chewbacca, who passed away recently. Um, uh, I know he is one with the force now, um, and uh, we just thank him for everything he's done. But Black Spire Outpost is going to be really great, really immersive with the slang, with the cast members being in character and dressing as if they're citizens of Black Spire Outpost with Chewbacca and Rey at the Resistance Settlement and Kylo and Stormtroopers patrolling around trying to keep order for the Empire. I think that's all such little cool, like cool touches that they're doing. Um, they're also going to have the market stalls with, uh, like native, um, uh, like 
mugs that they were created. They're going to have uh, native flags flying and, and a, l- a bunch of native fabrics. And so that's really awesome, too. Yeah, so um, I think that what's really been interesting to, to watch so far is, like, some of the merch is going to be, like, you know, very traditional, like theme park merch you know or it's like uh, i kind of picked on dj rex earlier but some of his merch is going to be a little bit more typical but then um some of these things are going to look a lot more like rough hewn like you were talking about the mugs they're going to look like they have like a more of like a handmade quality um like like you said that they are more like locally sourced and so that's something that's really a nice attention to detail um and i think that really will go a long way with um visitors as well yeah and, and one thing i'm super excited about which i learned about today the Toy Darian Toy Maker, uh, they're going to have toys uh, of, you know, dolls and toys and stuff around characters from Star Wars. I think that's awesome. There's also the the Creature Shop and this, y'all, I freaked out. They have a stuffed Tauntaun that you can purchase that looks so cute, the Tauntaun. It is not cute. It's cute. I mean, it's a tauntaun. It's cute. I wonder if there's a little section you can open up and see the guts on the inside. Kind of like when Luke had to sleep in it. Uh, the tauntaun is adorable. I, I'm definitely, honestly, leaning heavily towards picking one up. They also have a stuffed wampa. So if you ever feel like getting torn asunder by a wampa, you can buy one here. It, um, it looks like nightmare fuel. Oh, it's so cute. And they have other creatures available. They but have those, they have porks too, but these are the two most notable. Was the for me that was the wampa and the tauntaun. There's also a little plug I want to make. There is a a blackened death metal band named Hoth that is based uh, and influenced by Star Wars. Of course, their logo is spelling Hoth written in the shape of Vader's Tie Fighter. Uh, so it's really cool. And they have an their first album, <clears throat> Infinite Darkness, has a song called. Torn Asunder by a Wampa. I'm going to plug it at the end of this. So if you don't like Black and Death Metal, feel free not to listen. But if you do and you want some Star Wars Black and Death Metal, pay attention. I'm going to try and find it and listen. If I can't find it, I'll list it in the show notes. But anyway, that is all that we have on Galaxy's Edge. I'm so excited for this experience. I've only got about four months left or close to four months left. I am so ready to go. I will be there. Like I said, I'm going to be there for about three days straight and i'll probably even dabble here and there for food uh while we're at the parks too i think he's honestly more excited about that than marrying me no i'm so excited to marry you but i'm also so excited that we get to experience galaxy's edge i think that's gonna be awesome we were very fortunate there was a lot of time before um between booking our dates and when galaxy's um edge release dates were published that we were worried that we might miss it by a couple months because everything pointed to um, a November start but we were very fortunate that it'll be open in time for the wedding so our guests really get to be part of this magical experience um, if they so choose and I'll be taking uh, photo and video um, while while I'm there and kind of and kind of sharing that experience with you on the Ears and Beers podcast, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter pages, which the link will be put in the show notes, of course. Thank you all so much for listening and for supporting our podcast. Uh, we, we um, you know, if you wouldn't mind, please feel free to leave us a review on our Facebook page and on this app for Anchor uh, or Spotify. If you're listening to it on Spotify, please leave us a review that will really help us appear uh, in the channel section for people to check us out. 
And don't forget to, you know, just like us on Facebook and Instagram and uh, get some up-to-date information about what's coming down the pike and maybe a little bit more about us as well. So don't be shy to drop a line and say hello. Yes, and thank you so much. And may the force be with you. And also with you. (laughs) Uh, Have a great day.